The biggest word that comes to me with the Giro is epic. Now, I, I think everyone says you come home with the most stories of any race in the calendar. Um, there's something that's going on and there's something epic to talk about. There's a real cycling feeling, like the, the real people that love cycling down to its core, I, I think lives in the Giro. I, I think that pink jersey, the epicness of the, the Dolomites, the mountains, the history of it, the passion of the people, the food. I, I just think there's something about the Giro that, that is cycling right down to its core. For me, it's the, the passion of the fans. Yeah, it's a, it's a different feel. Um, I think also when I thought about cycling as a kid, I, I, thought, of the, I thought of Italy, the country. For me, France is obviously massive with the Tour de France and everything, but for me, the, the Tour de France is a different feel. You really go there, the people are so passionate and it's a different feel, but yeah, the people are just amazing. The country is so beautiful. Just from the experience I had of that first year in 2014, made me really fall in love with it. Hi guys, it's Michael Hepburn here from Mitchelton Scott. The 2014 Giro was my first Grand Tour and that was during my third year pro. Um, I remember racing in Italy as an amateur in the under-23s and, you know, you know some of those those uh, one-day races, they're not the most enjoyable races, but I've got to say, once I turned professional and, and started doing more stage racing in Italy, I really fell in love with it. I think the people that are around the race, the culture, is is like no other and not many other countries in, in cycling can match that, okay? You have the Belgians for the, for the classics, but with the Grand Tour racing, the Italians just, uh, they really get behind it and it's that real family feel to it that race I think a lot of people say this but I feel the fans are the best in the world Hi, I'm Luke Durbridge I currently ride for Mitchelton Scott uh, back in 2014 I was third year professional and uh, that was my second ever Grand Tour Last year was the first year I did the Giro in a long time I, think I did it in 2015 and I didn't do it again until 2019 and I'd forgotten how the Giro went. And just an example is we were waiting for the team presentation and uh, me, Jack Bauer and Brent Butwater thought we'd go get a coffee. And it was just before the presentation and we walked into a bar and we sort of, they were closing, you know, and he walked in and he's like, you know, you're here for the Giro. So yeah, we're waiting for the presentation. Oh, come in, come in, come in. You know, he opened up, made us a couple of decafs, gave us Cristada. And at the end of the day, I went to go pay and he's like, no, 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 of course, of course, for the Giro, anything and gave us uh, free coffee and cake and we went back down and I was just like, yeah, I forgot. Like, they just really love it. It's the passion of the Italians. It's um, it's incredible. I, I raced in Nigeria, didn't finish at all. G'day, I'm Brett Lancaster, currently uh, sports director with Team Ineos in my fifth year of DSing. I rode the Giro nine times. 2014 was my uh, eighth Giro. It's, it's ups and downs, the weather, it can go pear-shaped at any time, you know, it's, it's unknown. So they actually, they tangentially call it the most beautiful race in the world. It's, it's a lot different with the tour. The tour is a lot more stressful. With the Giro, you know, you don't know what's coming the next day. You know, that's, that's the most beautiful thing of it. Ah, it's a sort of unpredictable race. Uh, a lot of things can happen. Uh, hi there, I'm uh, Peter Weining. I'm already a long-time professional. I, actually, I don't know how many years, but a couple of years Rabobank, four years Greenheads, and the last four years with uh, Team Roompot. Yeah, 2014 uh, Giro was a special edition for me. Good, good group of guys, a lot of fun, nice victories. 
you got a mix of guys over there, guys that come from the classic with uh, classics with good form, and uh, some other guys who yeah who go for GC, and uh, it's yeah it's a bit different than the tour because the tour everybody is 100% prepared for that, and in the Giro you have also quite a few guys that come from the spring classics and just try to uh, to do something good with uh, with the shape they still having. Oh man. On the calendar of races throughout the year, it's it has to be the craziest race of any of them. My name is Swain Tuft. I rode for Orca Green Edge, and this 2014 Giro goes down as ah, probably one of the most memorable Grand Tours I've ever ever experienced. Um, hope you enjoy the stories. It stands out for me as as the one race that like all the people complain about weather protocols and all that kind of stuff just doesn't apply and the racing is just mental it's the one race where i feel like there's just no control and it's just kind of mayhem all the time it's uh like i said that that year as you know we went over the those two mountains where everyone knew it was snowing you could see it was snowing when the valley we were standing in the organizer was still convincing us that somehow it was going to be okay and that uh you know, it wasn't snowing at all up there. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's that kind of mayhem and that kind of uncontrolled beauty that I like. The Italian culture stands out. Uh, for me, I started my sort of professional career in Italy, so it was the first Grand Tour I ever did. And I've got a really soft place in my heart for that one. Yeah, it's definitely a combination of things. The fans seem authentic. It's a different vibe. Uh, I love being in Italy in general, but the, the Giro has a different vibe to any other race on the calendar. Hi, my name's Matt White. I had a 10-year career as a professional road cyclist, and now I'm in my 13th year as a sports director. Back in 2014, I took the Orica Greenwich boys to my 14th Grand Tour, the 2014 Giro d'Italia. I know you've probably got a million Giros mixed up in your head, but I think we've sort of caught up to what this year was and try and get to that day before. Now, I've alluded to the boys a little bit about what we were feeling and now I want to get into sort of like what your head was like because it could be all bullshit. And I was like, oh, Whitey was talking like we'd already won this thing. And what was the feeling for you the day before the race? We're in that hotel there, it was wet. And for me, I was feeling... And I know a couple other boys are feeling like, yeah, I know we're favourites here, but like I'm starting to feel a bit nervous here. You know, we're doing these efforts with Quaddy. And what was the feeling for you on the on the outside coming into this and the expectations you had on us and even the team having on you? Yeah, look, I remember being up in Dublin. It was a pretty, uh, well, pretty normal day for that part of the world, but it was a pretty grim day. And we had to go out there and do some, some quality efforts. And I remember it was a nightmare trying to find a good piece of road. We looked on the maps and we went for a couple of drives, myself and Quaddy, to try to find a safe road, a straight road. We eventually found a road. It was as good as we could find. And always those days are a little bit stressful just because you know that in a team's time trial, shit can go wrong pretty quick. You are, you are on general roads. You know, we didn't, I don't, I don't even think we had a car in front. I think we just had a, I'm pretty sure it was just me and Quaddy behind. You know, Irish roads, there's no lip on the road. So it was basically, you, you guys were doing the efforts, we were behind you. We found that piece of road and there was a, quite a big variety of talents in that roster. And I suppose just that day before to get those efforts done. And I think it's sometimes good also to put a bit of fear in guys because actually sometimes those efforts the day before are actually harder than the race. I was confident of, of the build of the group we had that if we if we rode as planned that we would win. 
and yeah, I, I was excited. I get pretty excited about uh, races in general. We had three or four teams time trial wins by 2014 already. I probably didn't feel as much of what Whitey was saying and, and that pressure that you're sort of talking about because uh, the year before I'd gone to the Tour de France and that's where we won the team's time trial when uh, we had the yellow jersey with Impey and uh, Simon Gerrans. I, I probably remember my own nerves just about the team's time trial just because I know that we can win. Um, we had a squad that could win that day of the first stage and the day before was just those pre-nerves that you normally get on the big occasion. Uh, I remember a bit of discussions about what efforts we're going to do and it was raining because we're in Ireland and every day was nearly raining in Ireland um, since we got there and yeah, probably just my own nerves about um, about the race and that we could win it and, and possibly take that pink jersey. I think the, the day before it was... A- yeah, it was a strange vibe. Like Whitey was uber confident um, that we'd already had we already had that pink jersey on our shoulders, um, and it was basically a decision of who's going to wear it, sort of conversations. And we're also looking at each other like who is going to wear it, you know? And then yeah, we went out and started um, doing those TTT efforts out on the road. And yeah, I remember Durbo and uh, Swaino just yeah tearing us a new one on those those roads that you feel like you're in a too big of a gear and you need to constantly keep changing back all the time. But uh, if I remember correctly, it wasn't raining that day, so that was um, that was a bonus. But I think it was raining the day before or something. We did a ride outside, which was quite sketchy, but. We were all quietly very confident, confident, but in the end, in a triple T, everything has to come together. Um, if one guy has a bad day, the whole team is done. The way Whitey did it, it could have really messed us up, but I think in the end, it gave us massive confidence to go in it thinking we're already winners. And I think that's his, his way of boosting people's motivation to get the best out of them is to mm. already plan ahead of what we're going to do once we've won. I certainly thought we were in with a shot. We had a, we had a great team there. But also, it's the Giro d'Italia. It's one of the biggest races on the calendar. And, and to go there and, and be the best team on the day is another thing altogether. But yeah, as you said, Whitey was very confident. And I think us as, as riders as well were, were quite confident. But, but to, to do it on the day is, a, is another thing. So um, I guess that's one of the reasons why it just makes it so special, that whole experience. Uh, for me, you never want to do a team's time trial ever in the wet. And I think I still, I still not fear that, but I still really don't enjoy that I and mean, i can sort of trust myself to go well in uh in a time trial in the wet but just with everyone else around you you're so close to the wheel you're going 60 k's an hour so it's like one of those things that just you really just don't want to do so the, i remember the days before we 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 rolled in and typical island style it's sort of a bit rainy and we're staying in this beautiful hotel out in the countryside and it's everything's green but the reason everything's green because it rains all the bloody time there and um, we go out for the day before effort. And the day before effort is generally horrible. No one feels great. No one's warmed up properly. No one's nutritioned properly. We've probably just got to the hotel the day before. Everyone's been team presentation, lag, and you feel just a bit like, Bleh, you know. For me, I always like to go really hard the day before just to sort of like settle my own nerves so I, i'm planning in my head that you know this session i'm just going to go for it and not to hurt anyone else it's just purely for me to just go as hard as i can to blow out all those cobwebs and settle those nerves for tomorrow but doesn't necessarily 
bring a lot of unity in the team if one guy wants to have a really easy day for the day before. So then there's this sort of, you know, disparity between someone wants to go hard, someone doesn't want to go hard, this person wants to go in between, this guy's nervous about, you know, if you're nervous about tomorrow, you just want to show like a, a, a good good turn. So then everyone's sort of, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And then we're on open traffic, there's cars flying by, you got to find a, a nice, straight, quiet road in Belfast, which is nearly impossible, and Whitey and Quaddy are giving us the lay of the land of what they want. You know, they want us to do 5K or I'm not sure what it was. but Above race pace. Above race pace, just to sort of... And like, I don't have a hell of a lot of memory of what happened, but I know we had some firm discussions afterwards and Swaino had a bit of a chat with me afterwards about uh, being a bit silly and going too hard. But I wasn't trying to do a pissing contest. I was just, you know, trying to blow out my cobwebs. Leading into that Giro, we'd worked together a little bit, that group, a few of us. But we were all real young. I guess we didn't really, for me, I didn't really bind the pressure because it was just sort of like, yeah, just go out and do it and, you know, be go rip it. Um, it's like some guys <laughs> like to go a little bit easier. Some guys like to really open up and like the Durbo might be on a day where he goes, I'm really going to open the pins today. And I always find that the meeting afterwards is trying to, <laughs> trying to bring everyone back together. And just like the guys that got freaked out because some guys are going so strong, you're trying to say, oh, it's just the day before, you know, it's it doesn't count. Like tomorrow we're going to all be on song. You're going to have the proper warm-up. And you're just trying to bring everyone back to that same spot. <laughs> Whitey was confident. Whitey's always full of confidence. But uh, <laughs> he went to some strong boys and guys that knew what they were doing, you know, like some Swain and Happy. People look at Peter Weening, like what a strong freak that guy is in a good way. Like, Super nice guy, and he, you know, as you know, Mitch, he could pull a good old turn in the team time show. So, some real solid riders there. And I guess people were bouncing off Whitey's confidence a bit, but at the same time, you think, oh, you don't want to go in overconfident. And there was a lot of unknowns in that course rain and wet. Yeah. Some guys are actually really, really strong in training. Eh? Some other guys, uh, some or, or other guys can do like this, this, uh, this extra 10% in the race. But some, some guys are also there, you know, like they, they totally can give them for the fully 150% they have in a training. And yeah, for me, it's the same, you know, like it's, it's a bit different. So over there, yeah, I was suffering in that training actually more than in the race. Because yeah, you have in the race, you have this sort of race stress and yeah, training is something different, you know, like, and also in the wet, ah, oh, yeah. I, I, re- yeah, I, I didn't have a motivation for that training actually, but yeah, it's, yeah, it was good to get some, uh, some, some good tension on the muscles. And let's say it worked out well for us, huh? We'd all seen the circuit. It was a city circuit. There was a lot of potholes that actually that took a couple of teams out. And the difference with having a wet team's time trial and a dry team's time trial could have meant the difference between winning or losing that losing that race. We could have been the strongest team, but if we'd had a totally wet team's time trial going against teams in the total dry, it wouldn't have been enough. So I remember being pretty stressed uh, with the weather and looking at the radar, looking out to sea and seeing the weather changing so many times. And then I suppose my role once the race starts is, we had spoken individually what uh, what the role was, and I remember your role was to put in 100% till we got to the castle. I remember okay. Santa Marita, because he was our supposed GC rider, that he was going to sit on until the, the climb on the way back. The big guys, obviously, their role is to, to go out hard, give you guys a lot of recovery uh, so you can get your job done. Wing Dog as well, but he was his role was a back-end role. So everyone had their individual role. And, I, and there was a lot of guys there that, that I'd work with a lot in team time trials, Cam, Epi, Durbo, Spain, 
So I was, I was really confident in that group. The main thing is we weren't really writing off from memory. We weren't writing too much off time checks because I think I, from memory, Quickstep were definitely behind us. And I think BMC and whoever was second and third, they're all behind us. So I think we're, we're going to go out there, whatever we were going to do, we're going to be the fastest through these time checks. So it was going to be pretty irrelevant time checks. But I do remember having – there were some key things that I had to point out to you guys with manhole covers and coming into corners. And what I like to do in those team time trials, you, you sort of think of yourself as the 10th man. So if you can give any informa- if you can give any information, if, if a guy is struggling, pull in here, get off the front, whatever that may be, any relevant information as well. The course for the first stage was obviously right up the middle of town, so we weren't going to be able to see that until race day. But I do remember those, uh, those sort of dead Irish roads that we were training on near the hotel – Teams time trial pre-race sessions, they, they normally end up the same. Some guys are in tears. Some guys are full of confidence. There's a few question marks going around. But, um, yeah, I think especially at, a, at a, a big event like that, it's the same with World Championships, Triple Ts and everything. You really want to try and nail that last session. You know, you want to show your, show your teammates what you've got. You also want to prove to yourself that, that you're ready. So, um, you know, they, they normally uh, end up quite intense and, and then it levels off once you get to race day. Hello everybody, very warm welcome. La Corsa Rosa, the 97th Giro d'Italia, the purest Grand Tour and a race that is always as beautiful as it is challenging. Hello and a very, very warm welcome. Already at the start of the race, Belfast Titanic. This year we start in Ireland. No rain at the minute, and it is time for Orica Green Edge. Some would say, looking at their lineup, that they've based their Giro d'Italia around getting the pink jersey and winning this stage. They came second last year at the World Trade Team Champions, time trial championships, pardon me, but with men like Svein Tuft, who is 37, by the way. Happy birthday to him. You've got Cameron Meyer, Michael Matthews, Lancaster, Durbridge. This is a strong, strong team time trial outfit. So my role was uh, one of the strongest guy, stronger guys in the team, and that was... Uh because I'm time trialist and team's time trials being one of my fortes in my career. So for me, it was about pulling long turns. Swain Tuff was our strongest rider by far on that team. But for me, it was more about uh, supporting Swain. Whitey always established in, in us, you pull as long and as hard as you can without dropping the speed. I think it was about, we were planning on about a minute pulls for me. And so I just go to the front, go as hard as I can for a minute and get off and then a minute and then get off. And then I just found that, okay, I think it worked out. It was probably going to be eight turns, maybe nine turns of a minute max effort. But then I know because we had such a strong team and we had such a good bond with everyone that I always go out there with the mentality. If I go as hard as I can and I get dropped, that's okay because there's going to be enough guys to get us to the line you never think okay i got to go from here to the finish you go as hard as you can and if you get to the finish that's great but if you don't it doesn't matter because you've got eight strong guys with you that will get someone we will have five guys to the line for sure because we've got a strong enough team i'm probably always mr um control or consistent why do you always goes we know Cam, he'll deliver his turns, he'll be smooth, he'll get to the finish, he won't get dropped, which mounts a little bit of pressure on my shoulders, I always feel, at those times. But um, I'm not one of the big drivers. I don't have the huge, big power watts that some of the big engines do and the big boys like uh, Lancaster and Heppy and Durbo possess in the team Stein trial. But um, I can hold my own in the turns and, and, and be smooth and bring some of my track craft into a team's time trial. So, yeah, just trying to be that 
um, smooth, consistent guy that's going to get to the line. I think behind Swaino and, and Durbo was probably, I guess, the third strongest guy. I couldn't quite do the turns that those guys were doing, but I wasn't too far behind. So I just needed to make sure that I could hold their pace for as long as I can, I guess, like the rest of us, um, just try and hold the wheel and not uh, not get dropped. I think that was a big part of my my role was to stay with the team and get to the finish because um, normally I can finish quite strong. So I can try and do some, some big turns towards the end if I save a little bit from the start. Oh, there, there was a climb in there too, which uh, someone ripped it up there and I was gr- gr- grinding my teeth going up there. But um, yeah, I think... From the way Whitey was talking the day before, uh, it wasn't even an option to get dropped. It was, yeah, there was only one uh, thing we had to do that day and was win. It was a big uh, big goal for me and, you know, I think a lot was expected of me on that day and I expected a lot of myself as well. But in the ride itself, uh, I think I started at second position or normally when you have that job in, in first or second position, like the first minute is, is crucial. You obviously have to get up to speed as, as fast as you can without putting yourself or your team in, in, too too far into the red. So it can, for those guys in the starting position, it's actually it's really, really intense that first minute. Like after 30 seconds, sometimes you're already at 180, 190 beats, like not too far off, off your maximum. So these guys are into the red basically right from the beginning. You know when the adrenaline's pumping and, and the nerves are there and, and you're on the big stage, like one of the things that's always in your mind in, in those instances is just not to stuff it up or lay it over or something like that, you know. You know, of course, it was just to keep the pace high. Pull, you know, somewhere around thirty seconds turns. Um, I vaguely remember the the part coming up the Parliament House there. That was an absolute beautiful setting. But um, once again, that's where Peter Weening hit the front and put us all at a bit into the red. Luckily, it was a technical descent, a bit of time to recover after that. Yeah, it was basically keep it all together and um, you know finish finish across the line with the, the minimum riders as we did a lot in that team and and we're very successful at it. Just go as fast as you can and just uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just kill yourself in that uh, team time trial. But uh, no, yeah, the thing is, we had a, a, a sort of mixed uh, group of riders. Uh, I think uh, for the big guys, you know, like the the the, the, the let's say the, the guys that come from the track. Yeah, they they are the guys that uh, that that could give the team on the flat some speed for a rider like me it's it's uh you, you have to watch out if you go up a climb that you don't kill the team you know like if if it was my turn and you go on a climb then it's uh yeah if, if i do my pace on that climb what actually what i did as well so yeah you have to be careful that you don't kill the other guys on the climb because yeah they give them for a fully 100 percent on the flat already and they are a little bit heavier so yeah, you can make them suffer on that climb, and that's not a that's not a plan. You you have to stick together as a team, and uh, I think everybody everybody did his role uh, perfect. I I think the, the castle does stick out as well because I just remember you guys had nailed that first. I think it might have been seven to ten k to the castle, and you you guys had gone out there at close to sixty kilometer an hour. Santa sitting on Wing Dog doing a one short turn, and you were coming through to do some, a couple of big ball biters. And when we got to the castle, turn left. I just remember you guys had nailed that first bit. You guys had lined across the road. The wind was taking you from right to left, and there was this crowd was incredible. But like, I think yeah. no one, none of us expected. Such a big reception in in uh, Northern Ireland. I think yeah. now Northern Ireland hasn't got a cycling history. Ireland maybe a lot more with the Ro- with Roach and Kelly, but the crowds were incredible. And I just remember going over the castle and knowing that oh we're on a good one here. And, <laughs> and, 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 and but even in, even in the car, the descents 
sometimes I have to look away because like I remember the descent <laughs> off that castle and there was a 90-degree right-hander through. You come out of the park and there was a 90-degree yeah. right-hander onto the straight road and there was a, there was a, was a, a manhole cover through the, on the outside of the corner and then there was a series of manhole covers on the left, the ones that caught Garmin uh, and yeah. Dan Martin. Uh, and I remember once we got through those and settled, and you guys, we called you into the middle of the road there. I was like, whoa, we are on a good one here. My history in team time trials was just the fact that I I never really had like a super turbo like Derbs and Heppy and these guys who had big power. I was just consistent uh, throughout the day. Like my power at the beginning was similar to what I could do at the end. It's not a lot to think about. You just have to like, I always find it's like you have to handle the first 5K, get through that, and then you can settle into something that you can that you can maintain. But um, that's usually been my role for, for all of the team time trials. And it just happened to be one of those days you really get while racing. You usually get them out training. And uh, I felt fantastic this day. But, um, you know, with, with the wet roads and, and just the nature of the course, it was still quite stressful, you know. I remember, like, you know, the team time trial was kind of my thing. And it was something, like, I really loved and it was something i really believed in it was kind of part of my role on that team to kind of help kind of guide everyone because i was part of it it's one thing if you're a director you're standing from the outside and you can see what's going on from the car but when you're in it you can you can feel those things you know so i i felt like my role was to really make it clear to some of our our riders who you know some of them are just massive talents they can't help it and i remember going to wean dog and saying man Look, if you find yourself on the front uh, uh, before this climb, you have to remember all of us have like 20 kilos on you. You have to step off and get to the back, you know. Mate, sure enough, Wean Dog was on the front riding 700 watts. I remember everyone was just cursing and screaming under their helmets, and uh, but no one could actually do anything. And then Derbs did the one of the most mature things I've ever seen him do is uh, take over the front and ride a controlled pace over that climb and it that saved our race if he wasn't there in mm. that in that part of the lineup to actually take control it's at that point it's the only way you can settle down a team you can't yell in a radio you can't there's nothing you can relay to a team at that point that's on the verge of detonation only thing you can do is what what derbs did and i always you know i i'll remember that part for the rest of my life but uh, there's 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 a lot of things in within that day that were really special but i think that one stands out is because that was the point where we were either going to make it or break it for sure the climb stand sticks out for me my memory of that race was the first rise that we went towards the climb and swaino did this mammoth pull and we sort of come out we'd sort of settled in we're all good i'm like sweet yep we're feeling good and then it was just like oh, I just like really bit your legs and it was just this slight uphill drag and it was like heading towards the climb before you did a lap around the climb then you came back down the fast drag. And we went in and I'd done this real big pull and no, Swaino did this really big pull when I was on Swaino's wheel. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm really hurting in second wheel. And then Swaino's went off and then I've done a really big pull and I'm like, oh, and then we go again and we get to the climb and Swaino's pulled into it. I'm pretty sure he went left and I've taken over real keen, keen as a bean to get to the top of the climb. Like, sweet, perfect. And I've heard Swaino yell ease because we wanted to get everyone over the climb together because then as a unit collectively, we would be a lot faster coming home. So we didn't want to drop anyone on the climb. So Swaino's like 
tactically astute when it comes to team sign trial. He goes, ease a little bit because I'd gone, you know, bull out of a gate, 700 watts, ah, let's go to the top of the climb, which everyone would. So I've just gone, okay, sweet, I'll, I'll ease here. So I've sat down and eased. And Wean Dog's thinking this is a time that Luke's slowing down. So he's going, oh, well, I better take over now. But I was sort of just keeping the group together up the climb, riding like a steady pace. And Wean Dog's just stepped out like it's the Cowberg and Amstel Gold out of his saddle. You know, he's not the most attractive biker rider out of the saddle, but out of a saddle with a TT bike and an aero helmet. <laughs> bike side to side. And he's just taken off. I've seen him come past me like 2K, 3K an hour faster on the climb. Look, I'm not done yet. And I'm like, oh, I'm not finished my turn yet. Like, what's he doing? And he's just gone, whoop, because he's such a strong bastard. And uh, he's gone for it. And I'm like, oh, no. And then I've looked back and then you've looked at me. And I remember that look. You just looked at me like, in. He just calls you. You've got the gaff. And then you're just like, so I've just gone from first wheel, <laughs> straight back into second wheel. And Wean Dog's even got me. And I'm like, weaning. Ease, ease. I'm just on my limit because I've done the pull and then you and then everyone, everyone in the group's just like squeezing. Wean Dog's still like, okay, when, when, when can I go now? When can I go now? Just looking around, look at his lips. The hill is definitely in my mind. That weaning when he stepped out of the seat and then all of a sudden I started hearing at the back of the line, ease. Ease. <laughs> and the whole way up the hill, you just keep hearing ease because we've got to somehow get six, seven guys over this hill and Weenin is dancing away from us like it's the Cowberg at Amstel Gold finish. And, uh, yeah, I just I just remember the yelling up that climb for us to stay together. And then I remember when yourself and a couple of others had done their peels and I'm going and it's just started to sprinkle, <laughs> sprinkle with rain and I'm coming in to my last turn and I'm going, ooh, right, I'm right on the edge here on my last turn, but I know I have to get back on because I have to finish with the five that we need to cross the line. It just started to rain just to make it that little bit more sketchy, a little bit harder to get on the wheel, a little bit harder to accelerate out of the corner. And I remember Happy coming through for this turn after me and I had to get on the back and I just, I was praying to God I could get back on and uh, luckily I did. I think I was looking around if everybody could hold the wheel. If, if you go up that climb and uh, stop halfway and drink a cup of tea or something, yeah, okay, yeah, if you want to do a racing like that, okay, that's that's also nice, but then you never win races, huh? So, <laughs> so yeah, no, it was, it was all necessary. Uh, I remember I, I was still, I was doing the pace. And I looked over my shoulder and everybody was still there. And also after that climb, I also did like all these corners in this descent and this first uh, part on the flat as well. So to give everybody a sort of a rest. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, like uh, you can kill people on a climb, but then you're talking over a climb. And this was just a, this, this was just a hill of uh, four or five hundred meters. So if you go too slow over that one and you lose 12 seconds or 10 seconds, you, you're never going to get it back in a, in a team time trial of 6, 7 or 8K. You have to go everywhere on the on the on that parcours. You need to you need to go like for the fully hundred percent with the whole team. So if you if you say like oh yeah we go a little bit slower up there okay that's nice but where do you get the seconds back? Not in that descent afterwards and afterwards it was only probably only four k more all on the flat and if you already lose your speed. Yeah, I think it's gone. You know, like if you uh, if you accelerate again on the flat and you're going one k an hour less. Of, of the on the finish line, it's done, that's going to be maybe ten seconds. So yeah, I feel like Swainer was building towards this last pull um, throughout the 
throughout the race. He, he was doing mammoth turns, minute pulls, minute and a half. I've done a lot, a lot of team time trials and two up time trials with Swaino. And he starts to get this bit of a rock on, bums that go side to side and he tucks his head down like a little bulldog. So when we did that a lot, when they come up the top of the top of the climb, um, Santramita pulled up a little bit up the climb towards the, not the other climb we're talking about, but just this one little rise before we went to the finish. I could see Swaino just licking his lips like, you know, this is the, this is the moment. First bit was slight downhill fast and then it was just like a couple of corners and, and flat to the finish. And Swaino's just started opening up and you can start getting me rock on, getting the rock on. And you're sort of thinking, yeah, it's okay. You know, you're in the wheel, you're tucked away. Like, yeah, who's on the front? Oh, it must be, you know, going pretty quick here at 60Ks an hour or whatever. But, and then eventually it just doesn't stop. And you, you're thinking like, oh, okay, like, whoa. It's going and it's going and it's going and it's going and it just kept going. And I'm thinking, Swaino's meant to finish first, but he's on the front now. Like He's going to blow. We're going to lose this because Swaino's on the front now and he's got a K to go. Like We're going to slow down. And then just didn't. just kept going. And I was just like, this guy's insane. You know, I think I was third wheel behind Matthews. And Matthews is fast, obviously, you know. And we're all just trying to like step out and finish side on. You know, something like, oh, yeah, like we probably should be going quicker here. I'll probably go up next to him and we'll finish together and... Pop my head out, and then I'm like, "All right, here we go." Got a big sprint, sprint up next to Swaino, and I just stayed exactly where I was. I should have just stayed in the wheel, unless I just pushed an extra hundred watts for the exact same thing. So I just stood out, and we all just like moved out of the line. Let's just like get a bit of wind in our face and stay the exact same distance. It was like Swaino, Matthews, me, Cam, whatever, Wean Dog, and we all just went like, "Oh yeah, well, we're not finishing side by side." Could it? He he didn't even get out of his saddle. That final turn of Swaino. That I think he did literally one one and a bit k pull uh, for his last turn. It was it was unbelievable how much power he had at the end of a triple T where we were all on our hands and knees coming into the finish, and he just kept pulling. It was it was honestly like he had an engine in his bike. I don't often get dropped in any sort of discipline of cycling, but this was pretty incredible on the flat. I, I, I would love to look back at my power of what I was doing on the wheel and see what he was doing because that's something that really in my head is just, well, it's incredible. And that's that's one thing that really thought in the race, like this guy deserves this. If we do win, he deserves this pink jersey because he is the strongest here. And I'm just talking about the race. I'm not talking about what he did in the past. But just in this race, he was next level. He was he was above us all. Mm. He was standout. I don't think I've seen anything like that ever again since that day from anyone, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it was one of these rare moments where you actually, everything comes together on the race day. I'll never forget that poll for the rest of my life because it, if I tried to replicate that now, there's no, I mean, obviously there's no way, but... It was just one of those special moments you rarely get in sport. It's like, I will remember that to the day I die as like a time where everything synced together. Yeah, it would be hard to try and recreate. Let's just put it that way. But I remember that final turn because normally my mind would have been like, okay, off the front. The way that I felt was like, no, I can, I can take this to the end and there's no one who will ride faster than me. And that was, that was my mindset. And like looking back now, like I think I still have the, the file and I really look at that stuff. I, I really only looked at these things during team time trials, but it was like something 620 watts for like a minute and a half, you know? And like for me, I know that 
I hate to say numbers and all that stuff, but that's yeah. that's a proud moment of my life where it's just one of those rare times where everything comes together and you you can really do something. The stars just align and you actually put it together at the right time in the right place. And that was just that moment for me, I guess. So we had fastest time, but like we said before, I think all the fastest teams, all, all the favourites were behind us. So it is a bit of an agonising wait. We had had a little bit of wet roads, but the, I think for the, all the teams behind us, the weather was the same. So we knew we had we'd had done. You guys had done such a great ride. It was going. I was very confident that no one was going to beat us. But I suppose once we started and we got the first time check for quick step and they were already you know, seven seconds down uh, on the first time check, and knowing how, how much you guys had railed that team time trial from start to finish, it might not seem much seven seconds or five seconds, whatever it was. But I know with the likes of the, of the guys we had, where do you make, you, know, you can only go so fast. Mm. And, and you, once we had that first time check, we were up. I, I was very I was very confident. But it is a nerve-wracking, uh, it is a nerve-wracking um Wait, and I remember it was it was cold. We all had big heavy jackets on. We we're waiting in that. Yeah, it wouldn't have been ten degrees, I don't think. And mm. uh, we're in that in that little tent in the waiting area behind the stage, and, and just watching the watching Quick Step come through and seeing seeing it cross over our time and, and and us taking the victory and and just looking around the room. And there was yeah, I can remember looking around the room and there was there was guys quite nervous. There was yeah, you know, guys very tense. Yeah, you know, it's you know, some and you know, Cam's very conservative. And, Bling was just staring at the television. Santa Maria was probably hiding under a chair. Uh, and then once we crossed over that line, it just just uh, the Swannies were there. I was there. Everyone was hugging, and, and uh, it was just such a special moment uh, before we went up on stage. And uh, and you guys went crazy, went crazy on the podium with uh, with the champagne as well. In my career, in uh, well, especially the last four years with um, with Orica, a lot of those moments waiting, you know, for the. For the last team to finish, or I watched some of the favourites come in. I think it was quick step, pretty tight. Like a lot of these, uh, they're just always tight. And when they come in just behind us, we we, we knew we had it, and it was um, you know just an amazing feeling to share it with. Just we were good mates, you know. There wasn't any of us that weren't you know good friends in that team. So that was a pretty bloody special moment. Uh, like everybody is uh, spraying each other with champagne, and uh, so uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was really nice. But that's also, you know, like uh, was a now now I remember it again. It was there was actually some tension on the team as well because yeah, that was our day and uh, yeah, we were going all flat out for the team time trial and there was no no tomorrow. Uh, it's only today. Let's try to win this and then we will see tomorrow. And uh, yeah, if you win that day and then you know like the tension is off, everybody's happy, you know, every sort of a relief. So yeah. <laughs> I still remember that. So it was a uh, was was funny, but uh, but also you know like that's also how all the guys, most of the guys were in the team. You know, we're all a little bit you know like uh, like yeah. If you have something to celebrate, we're gonna celebrate it. The podium was probably the best part of the day. That like just to have all nine of us up there. Um, there's some really close friendships in that group, and to see. Swaino, who had uh, been a part of so many teams' time trials, pull on the pink jersey. I mean, um, it didn't it didn't hit us until even though we were confident we could get the results and everything. I think once we were on that podium, we just let go. Um, it was like, woo, we've finally done this. We actually did it. All this build up that we were going to win, and 
we can win and um, yeah, we. I just think we had quite a young team as well. We had young guys in the team. Uh, I just remember that podium was so oh, enthusiastic and just uh, mm. elation that we had won. And those champagne bottles, yeah, they're massive and just the pink confetti falling on us and everything like that. It was just a dream come true. So that was pretty special. Um, thinking back to that team we had, not just even in that Giro, but in Orica Green Edge that year, it was it was a family and. I think mm. sitting in that tent, sitting like with your best mates and you, you're making history in that moment. And if everything came together, if, if we were the fastest team, we were going to be the first winners of a stage in that Giro d'Italia and to wear the pink jersey for the next few days because it was basically sprint stages. So there were so many things, I think, going through all of our minds in that, in that one moment, which I don't think any of us really prepared for. We knew we had a good chance, but... Yeah, like I said before, everything has to come together on that, that one day. And I think like we spoke about within the team before the race that we were going to make sure that Swaino crossed the finish line first, um, it being his birthday and what he'd done for the team. I think also that came into that feeling when the last few teams were coming across the finish line. I think it was Quickstep that was closest to us. That feeling that Swaino was going to wear the pink jersey for me was probably yeah. the the most exciting thing out of all of it. Like he's mm. committed so much to all of our success and helping even when there's not success, but he's just one of the most genuine guys out there. And I think for me, uh, those years that we were together in the team, I was a young guy, very naive and not really knowing the world or even cycling in any sort of aspect, but he was always one that I could go and talk to if I had a, had some sort of problem or I needed some advice and he was always there and to share that moment with with that guy that was about to wear the pink jersey yeah i think you can see on his face um the moment that we realized we won he inst at least instantly hit him you know like he's like wow i'm gonna wear the pink jersey and i think between all us friends like we were obviously happy about the win but for me that was more than the win of the stage i think you know a lot of us have been part of different groups organizations and things throughout the years but like on that, in that moment, I was with like my brothers, with like my best friends. And um, you just, you don't get those moments like in, in life. And it's like, man, it, it's something that I'm reminded now that I'm removed from the sport is like, those are some of the best moments. It's not about like, okay, yeah, to win the, the stage was great. But it was that moment with you guys and, and what we did through like, through all the ups and downs and that build up to that, that time and that. It was just, whoa, what a feeling. And it, it's, it's something I always think about to this day. And it's not about, oh, how great we were, and how we had the pink jersey and all this crap. It's, it's, it's that moment where we could truly be proud of one another. And, like, you just don't get those moments a lot in life. Yeah, we had a really tight team that year. And when you go to a race like that and with a really close group of friends, and you're able to achieve what we did in that first stage is obviously going to be special. But there was there was other things like like Swaino's birthday. Um, he was in the pink jersey on his 37th or 38th birthday, and he was really respected person in our team. So we we're all over the moon for him. And yeah, the team was in in great spirits. But yeah, when we were on the podium, we uh, we were carrying on a bit. But oh, it was good fun. Took over the podium with some champagne sprays and. I remember we were all taking selfies together before and after the podium. And then I remember we, uh, 
after the podium, we jumped back in the bus and we still had we still had those massive bottles of uh, of champers. What were they? About six liters, I think. <laughs> and we'd only sprayed half about half of them. So we, I remember everyone was on the bus, like all the staff had. They weren't in the cars; they were on the bus. We had like thirty people on the bus back to the hotel, and we were just sitting around playing music, dancing, drinking the rest of the champers. <laughs> day one, day yeah. one of three weeks. So it was good fun. But then I remember we got back to got back to the hotel, and obviously dinner that night, wine all round. <laughs> Can't complain with that. First day, first glass of, of wine for the Giro. It all started to settle in when we sort of thought, wow, like we're all just a, I just, as Whitey always says, a bunch of shipmen. But, you know, as a group, we're great. You know, like when no real individual is that good in our team, not to belittle us, but actually to bring us together. But together, we can do great things. And I remember when we, when we won, it was just sort of like, shit, actually. You know, we've we've won the team's time trial on the second biggest bike race in the world, and like, look at us. Like, I, I grew up with Heppy and like Swaino, and I know Mitch, and like all this sort of stuff. And we're just like normal blokes, and we're winning these massive races. And it was just like, holy shit, this is like incredible, you know. And I think the biggest thing I remember was the crowd. I've you've been to Tour de France and all these things, but that crowd was in, that was massive. Like Belfast really turned it on for the Giro. There was just like. It was like a rock concert, like you said. You walked down to this big platform and it was just like massive amounts of people. I mean, we got the champagne, Swain had the pink jersey and we just let it rip, didn't we? <laughs> we just let it rip. And for me, it was just like, I love cycling. Like, this is what it's going to be like. You know, this is like, we, I could crowd surf right now how good this is. <laughs> I was like, they're all here to see me. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about the day after um, because I also think this was quite a significant day. It was a day riding in the pink. You know, Swain never really got to take that, show that pink jersey off because it was raining all day and you and Heppy had to take on the brunt of the load that day. I always remember you guys were the first two guys to take on and the feeling from there on for that first week was really about, we've got this, Green Edge, we've got this. Don't you know, we don't need your help. We've got this. And we started it there with you guys on the first day. What do you remember about that first day in the pink? Uh, not getting much help from others. Um, <laughs> uh, and going, oh, this could be a long three weeks riding, riding already this solid on the front in Ireland. And uh, I, do, I remember those roads. They're heavy roads. Um, conditions are cold. Um, and I, I just, I just remember swapping off with Heppy and, um, just being like, yeah, this is already pretty grippy and, and we got 20, 20 days to go. It was just getting back to reality that like yesterday was so exciting and so dynamic. And now it's, now it's into the grind. Now it's kilometer after kilometer hitting the wind on, on rough roads, uh, trying to defend this pink jersey. It was a big day, and I've got to say, after that day, I was a, I was a little bit nervous about the next three weeks. I knew, like from from the meeting beforehand, that I was going to be riding the front. We had Michael there, didn't we? We're going for Michael in the sprint. Swain was going to enjoy his day in the pink or in the pink with a black rain jacket over. And uh, yeah, basically the early breakaway went, and after about five k of the race, Whitey said, "All right, Heppy, you just go up the front, mate, and hold this group at whatever it was five minutes." At that time, I was just by myself. 
look, I was pretty excited as well, like riding on the front of a, of the Giro in, in my first go and what had happened the day before. We were all pretty chuffed still. Um, but I think I rode the first 80 or 90 kilometres just by myself and, and holding the breakaway there. And then about halfway through the stage, uh, Cam came up as well. Whitey called Cam up to give a hand. That's where we turned back along the coast there. And there was one other guy from uh, Kittle's team at the time. And uh, so then there was three of us for the last 100K back into town. And, and yeah, it was just like a big day. I probably didn't really know what I was doing that well, but it really wasn't our responsibility to bring the final gap back for a sprint. You know, the sprint teams are going to come up and help towards the end. But I remember we'd gone inside 20 kilometers to go and, and I could have just swung over. It was, I'd already been on the front for 200K. It wasn't up to us and, and, this, and all the other sprint teams had there, but we're up there as well bringing back the last 40, 50 seconds or whatever it is. You know when you've been up there all day, you're just like, nah, I'm, I'm staying here till we catch these guys. And just I'm swapping off like as hard as I can at this stage. I'm basically just absolutely killing myself to bring these guys back when it's not up to me at all. And then we caught him at like 7K to go or something. I swung over, rode in the last seven kilometres and, and that was that. But, yeah, I remember that night. I, I was like, Phew. it's going to be a long few weeks because then, yeah, Michael took the pink that day because he was right up there in the sprint and um, and I think we knew that we, we could have the jersey for a, a week or so because there was some more opportunities in that first week that we were targeting. So we all knew that it was going to be a, a big week to, to start with and, yeah, luckily the next day Whitey gave me the day off and I think Swain was on the front. It was a, it was a bit of a, a come down after the day before. We were in the bus. It was raining. We missed the sign-on nearly. And they started and we had to like, we had to get in the cars and we, we were like just behind, I remember. Like we, we missed the sign and we're like, and they were like, the pink jersey, Mario Rosa, please come to the front. And we were just like, boys, we need to go. So we were like in the bus just chilling out, sort of like still on the high from yesterday. And it was all of a sudden like, mate, there's 21 days to go. And we're like, oh, yep. Like, oh, shit, we better snap back into it. So we all jumped out of the bus, missed like late sign on. So we all signed on and then we like got going. And it was raining. It was a really horrible day. And we had to ride. And it was just like, oh, right. Yeah, okay. That was awesome yesterday. But we got a job to do here. And I think that was the first day we were like straight back into it. And then I remember Swaino coming up to me that day. And he was just like, I think I'm going to ride for a bit. And, you know, I'm like, Swaino, you can't. You can't. You're in the Mario Rosa. Like, just settle down. <laughs> but he wanted to ride. Like, yeah. he, he just wasn't, he just wasn't like comfortable to sit back and that was his job that was what he was there to do and that's that's why he's such a great team player because he was always just like right i got my moment yesterday but now let's crack on i'm here to do a job that's what made him such a great great rider and a great person but uh he was like can we ride on that not today yeah so we're going into that race i said uh before even santa marita was the italian champion and, and he had a little bit of history riding gc uh, but we weren't going. We knew we weren't going in with someone who could podium uh, podium the Giro. We weren't going to use him. We're going to obviously give him a safe passage through the first part of the race. But we really went in with a gun ho attitude. It's like, well, we got the jersey, and we're going to keep this thing as long as we can. And I remember the team was really up and about. Uh, like I said, it was a, it was a pretty average day, same as the day before. Would have been lucky to be ten degrees. A quite an undulating middle of the stage, uh, and there was crowds. Everywhere, I, I remember you know, seeing a pink painted cow and a pink pink painted sheep, and there was these crowds in the middle of nowhere. And I don't know where they'd come from, and it was it was mind boggling. It was a, it was horrible spectator conditions, 
and we took the the roll by well, the scruff of our neck, and we just we said, right, we're we're, we're going to do this. And I, I remember getting very little support. There was a small break up the road, maybe three to five riders, I can't remember. And basically, you guys took control. We made sure the break. Uh, we didn't get too far out, pulled them back in ourselves, and I think maybe somewhere might have given us a little bit of help on the run-in. And then I remember your role was to uh, to look after Bling in the final there, and that's when we changed Shan to the jersey from, uh, from Swain to Bling. Everyone's, you know, just dug deep because Swain has dug, dug deep his whole career, especially in um, our team back then, you know, for others. So it was a special feeling to give that back to him and, um, and you know, we went in that day and gave it everything. And definitely there were some crashes, wasn't there, Mitch, coming into the end yeah. there? Jeez. And I think with leading out, I had obviously a lot of experience before I worked with you, Mitch, and I was sort of showing you the ropes. And what, what we did decide that year, the year before, was I was always last man, but it was sort of more to show you where to be positioning because I was obviously more experienced at it and show you the ropes. And you know, I was pretty cool and calm and it just comes with experience yeah. um, and just – I remember that sprint more clearly than actually the, the team time trial because it's um, what I specialised in. So bringing it in there and dropping off in the sweet spot was was pretty awesome. And then, yeah, Matthews didn't have the best sprint that day. Of course, Kittle was in his heyday and hard to beat, but uh, he did a good sprint and we kept the pink, which was, which was uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, through the race, I think for the first sort of three quarters, I was just enjoying the feeling of us just being so dominant um in the race um I, I i can't remember exactly who was riding but they were flying um whoever it was was making it so hard even sitting on the wheel but um yeah it's sort of mixed feelings because i think we wanted to enjoy the the triple t win but we couldn't really because we were focusing on the stage and like you said there was some mixed sort of yeah, what do we sort of focus on here? Do we enjoy it and sort of just, yeah, relax now or do we continue to keep fighting and go for the next stage win? And I think we took the approach of going for the next stage win and hopefully um, continue our winning streak. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't fast enough on that day. Kittle just, yeah, took the piss out of us basically. I think he won by a few bike lengths uh, <laughs> in that sprint. But, um, yeah, I think we did – a amazing job through the race we were i think other teams showed us massive respect of what we did the day before um and then for me at the end of the day i got to put the jersey on um Mm. which was nice but i was a little bit disappointed that i couldn't at least be on par with kittle um it felt like a little bit of a consolation prize putting the jersey on and taking it away from swaino when i didn't earn it on that stage you know so i honestly would have liked to keep it with swaino for a couple more days um, but that's not the way the rules work. In that uh, GC, where you finish on the stage, it goes on the count back. So, yeah, I think I was the first one of us to finish, and that's why I got the jersey. But it was it was good. Obviously, I appreciated it from the team to still fight for me for, for a sprint. But, yeah, I think through the stage, from all the work that you guys did to support me, I was a little bit disappointed in myself, to be honest. I didn't like it. I don't like... That's the one part of that whole thing I, I, I didn't like. It was actually quite fitting that it was pissing rain and four degrees, whatever it was, the the following day. Um, I think Scott was awesome. They had like a full-on pink bike and everything, but as with most of those things, kind of last-minute build-ups, the bike isn't quite right. So then you're back on your normal bike. The reality is we're just looking after Michael Matthews for the stage because he's the one who's going to be able to, to bring it home for us. 
and keep it in the team. So it was weird to have guys riding for me when re the reality is what it is. I know, I know the business. I didn't like the, the fact that everyone was else was doing the work when that's something I love to do. I love to be in that mix. And uh, so that was a strange day for me. Uh, really, the, the team's time trial was was everything, and then after that, it was it was back to my back to my business. And I and I didn't like the fact where I wasn't part of the contribution, you know, <laughs> to the team. We had the jersey for a long time, some great Sage wins with you, and also then we also had some some bad stuff. We lost a lot of guys, some sickness, some crashes. There's heaps that happened in that race. What's the one memory, if you can pin it down to, that you think when someone says you 214 Giro, what was that for you? Yeah, I guess for me it's probably a little bit personal. Yeah, this probably sounds bad, but probably beating Cadell uh, on that uphill finish um, Not in at the all, pink mate. jersey. It was awesome. Because, uh, like you say, a lot of things happened that stage where I think uh, Bert crashed, Swaino crashed. Um, I think the rest of us were okay from memory. But yeah, so it's like Durbo did an amazing job running into that final um, roundabout before the climb started. And yeah, I think we got through with maybe 15 guys and the rest got caught in the crash or crashed behind us. So it was, yeah, it's hard to say exactly. But um, for me, winning in the pink jersey on top of a hill, it was pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, then you get across the finish line and you sort of get back to the bus after the podium and everything. And then you see your boys like all hurt and wounded. It's like, fuck. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, like like you say before, we were... In that team, in that duo, we were one team, and if one was hurting, we were all, we were all hurting. It was like mm. I've never meshed together with a group of guys like that uh, in a team before, ever. I don't think so. Yeah, it was sort of mixed feelings, I guess, but that's something that really stands out for me, I guess. So it was definitely stage six, mate. We had the jersey still with Michael, and it finished on the famous Monte Cassino climb. About 25k to go, come, you remember the shots on television, it was like a war zone, you know, it's just like someone had a bowling ball and taken out the field. So, you know, we're shooting down the right-hand side of the road and we're just, that part of Italy at that time of the year, the road's like ice skating ring, just everyone's just gone down and we're sliding 70k now, I'm straight into a, straight into a wall, broke my hand and that was it for me, you know, and it was, um, it was really... I was on the deck with Swain we were just looking at each other thinking, geez, we're in the first week and here we go. We, we got back on my bike. I knew my hand was broken. I could feel it, but finish the race anyway, as you do, you know, pretty silly. But uh, me and Swain ride in together and a uh, bit of a chat and that, that was my Giro done, which was a shame because, you know, like we said, it was a great group and it was just a shame to leave. But, yeah, I wasn't happy to leave, but that's the way it was, mate. Uh, the one stage that... Um me and Matthews were the only eight guys that made it through that crash and Matthews went on to win that stage. That was a, just a insane. And we're just like, what What else can we do? You know? And um, and then every day, you know, riding on the front together and we were just like, we were going so deep. I just remember how deep we were going and like over our level at that point in time, I feel. And then there was that day where the sickness started to hit our team. You know, we had Cam down. He was on his deathbed every day. It was incredible how he got through as many stages as he did. 
I remember one day I woke up and I got it. Matthew said always had a, had a crash also and Heppy was feeling a bit under the weather. We started to sort of fall apart now, you know. We, we lost the pink jersey. Uh, might have been stage 12 or something like that. Wean Dog was in the break. So, why he's you know, telling us about the break and how good Wean Dog's going and it's perfect and it's like, yeah, Wean Dog's. And this is probably my hardest day, one of my hardest days ever on the bike. So, first climb, there's three category one climbs to them and I start to go out the ass first one. This is only my second Grand Tour and this has never happened to me. So, I've never had a bad day in a Grand Tour. You, you Now, I know what to do in these situations but I was seriously panicking because I'm starting to go back through the cars and back through the cars and oh my God, I don't know where it's going to go. And then, we go to the point where we just like, I'm alone and we've got a Sunweb car and he's giving me some Cokes and then I start to see Heppy come back. At least Heppy's with me. Heppy goes, I go past Heppy and Heppy's out the back. Next moment, there's Matthews. So the three last people on the road is Matthews, Hepburn, myself. And we all went through really bad patches. You know, we had to wait for Matthews one moment and Heppy, but then had to come to the bottom of the last climb and, and I was looking really bad. And Whitey's in the radio and I, I love Whitey's motivation. He was trying to like GS up with what Wean Dog was doing. But at this moment, I, I couldn't, like all Whitey was saying was like a blur. And he was like, Wean Dog's looking really good, boys. You know, he's going to win the stage, I feel. He's, he's flying up there. And I'm like, I'm on my deathbed right now. Like, I'm fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't care less what Wean Dog's doing. I just need a Coke, you know. Anyway, and um, it would get to the point where we're on the bottom of the last climb and he'd be like, Derbs, we got to go, mate. Honestly, mate, if we don't go now, we're going to be outside Time Cup. And I'm the fear, like, I'm fear in my face. Like, I'm going to get eliminated from a we had the pink jersey for 10 days and now we're going to get eliminated on a mountain stage and I'm going I'm bashing my head against the wall and I'm trying to get up there and Heppy's actually giving he had a bottle and a cap and he's trying to give a bottle to the public to push me so he's saying can you push this guy I'll give you a bottle so they're pushing me pushing me pushing me pushing me pushing like on the up the hill and I'm just like I can barely pedal at this point and Heppy's like Nah, nah, not long enough. And then he kept the bottle because he needed the next person to push me. And we're going, and this was like a 10% steep climb, you know, like really steep. And we, and each time Heppy's like taking his cap off and giving out, I reckon he would have given his jersey if he had to. Eventually we get to the flat piece and Matthew's like, right, I get on. And uh, Heppy and Matthews had helped me all the way up the climb and we had like 500 meters to go and it was like real fast and Matthews just like ripped this turn as hard as he could with me on the wheel and I'm just like like sprinting for the line, like out of my saddle, like a team's time trial more or less, like, uh, and there's this photo of me and Heppy that I have to finish and like, man, I am just like white, 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 like I'm laying down, I'm like, look like I'm dead more or less. And why is in the road like, yeah, right, boys, another stage. Wean Dog wins the stage. And I'm just like, uh, 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 like this. And I was so bad. We made time cut by 30 seconds. All three of us, you know, and you imagine that, like, the whole team would lost three riders. Like, we'd already lost Cam. We'd already lost Lancaster. Three guys out and won 30 seconds. We are going into the rest day. And it was just like, you couldn't, there was the most bliss rest day ever because you were just like, I'm so bad. We did what we had to do, like uh, we went flat out from the start, we won our stages and in the end everybody was, yeah, for one sort of reason, uh, only two guys finished, but uh, but it was a successful zero for us. Let's say it started good and afterwards it was a little bit less, but in the end 
I was still feeling proud, you know, uh, about what we achieved. So, yeah, maybe we did everything in the first 10 days. But, yeah, what you have in the pocket, you have in the pocket. So, uh, yeah, no. I still uh, still, uh, still uh, was proud uh, about what we achieved. And, uh, yeah. Probably the biggest thing that sticks out in my mind was uh, being sick. And day after day after day, I was in the, the absolute hurt locker. Um, with uh, I ended up in hospital with a with a stomach infection eventually after three or four stages, getting on the bus, shivering in the back of the bus with blankets uh, over me and just going, I, I love that we still had the pink jersey, but I actually wouldn't mind us losing it because I <laughs> what, I just keep having to get on the front at the start of these stages and I am, I am not anywhere healthy at all and I'm in big trouble and I'm having to get on the front and try and protect this pink jersey and I I do 30 or 40k and then spend the last 50 60k out the back of the out the back of the peloton uh, just trying to get home and I nearly wished we would just give the pink jersey like we've had it for six seven days please just I just I just I just, I just want an easy day I just want the re- the rest day to come and I and I did. I didn't make it, and I ended up in hospital with a with a stomach infection. I just remember that how uh, how grueling it was through those <laughs> through those days plugging away on the front whilst being sick. The whole thing was so eventful from from start to finish. With with the success we had in the first week, um, you know, we had the pink jersey. We were having a great time. We won a few stages, and then everything happened. We had we had crashes. We had guys getting sick, and through that middle week, like. Everyone was just like dropping like flies in our team, basically with with this mystery bug that was just was just going around. Then we arrived, you know, at the end of the second week, we had what do we have? Four of us left. You were there, Santa, Swaino, and I. And, and um, I remember when it got to that stage, it was really like, all right, we've lost enough guys now. We've really got to gel together as as well as we can in these moments and really help each other through. And then for the last four or five days, it was, it was just Swainer and I. And, and from there, it was really like, all right, we're only going to the finish together. Like if one of us goes home, it's, it's, it's all over. And I remember at the time, even the team was sending staff up. There was only two riders, so you don't need the, the amount of staff that you do for nine riders, which, which was there. And um, why do you even like semi-joke that he was going to send the bus home in the last few days? <laughs> and we were like, and just keep the camper van. And we were like, mate. If you send the bus home, we're going home. Like, so we had for that last week, we had uh, we had one swanier each, we had one mechanic each, we had one director each, one race car each. That was just really good fun because we were up in the mountains. Swainer and I were basically the last guys in the road every day. Nothing was expected of us. We'd had such great success in the first part and achieved all all our goals and all the team's goals that we were basically just riding to the finish. So it was so relaxed, and because we only had two riders. The whole last week, we had, we just had so much time because after the after the race, we jump on the bus. You don't have to wait for nine guys to shower. It's just just the two of you. Get back to the hotel. The mechanics don't have much work to do. They've only got two bikes to look at. The Swan years are the same. They've only got one massage each. So we were just down at dinner every night at seven thirty, eight o'clock, eating with the staff and enjoying Italian wine. The Gavia, you know, the organizers telling us that you know the weather forecast is fine. You're in this valley looking up the mountain and you can just see it's dumping snow. Everyone's just starting. It's kind of it's kind of neutralized by the riders, but that doesn't mean anything, you know. And, and sure enough, as soon as we get up to the point where it's snowing, some bloke tacks 
and it's just mayhem. This day was one of the craziest bike races I've ever seen because I know from myself, like basically you're just riding in small groups at first to get over the climb. And then as you, you did the descent, like I did a full clothing change, guys were descending and the guys that didn't do like the full clothing change, man, they were shaking apart on the bike like I've never seen. You know when you get those hypothermic mm. where you're completely... So I was just riding past people like it was a triathlon and looking at the state of some of these guys. And you know when your eyes are just like glossed over and you're yeah. you're just doing those full body oh. shakes. I'm just like, whoa, this is insane. And, and for me, that epitomizes the Giro because that kind of stuff, it just doesn't happen in, in baseball or football or these things that are very controlled environments. And I think that's, I hate to say it, but that's the beauty of our sport. And it's mm. probably been always the appealing factor to it and i you know as much as i want safety for everyone i'd hate to see that change uh, like it, was, it was out of our control what was happening around us but there was like i said there was guys going down like flies but the one memory for me is i suppose the day that that michael won i think it was stage nine or to monte cassini now mm. it was a 240 kilometer road stage and we'd had the jersey for maybe eight stages already and we, we remember, I remember calling bluff with BMC because, you know, people, you know, you guys had been through the ringer controlling those previous seven or eight stages. And it was a 200, 200K of relative, relatively flat stage. And then it got undulating before a seven to nine K climb, which finished where the finish was on the top. Remember the banter going in between the cars because we had Jerry in the car and BMC were trying to force us to work. And then I was like, well, we're losing the jersey today. And, you know, mm. it's not our job. They had Cadell there, who was obviously one of the big favourites, and you guys didn't ride that day. And I remember the gap going, yeah, real, real big time. BMC had a real challenging ride, and we came into the bottom of that climb, and you remember it started to rain, and yeah. we are in the very deep southern Italy. We get into uh, start to get into town under five k from, uh, and it was it was looking pretty sketchy. Yeah, five k from the bottom of the climb, we came into this roundabout. And there was one of the biggest, one of the biggest mass pileups I've seen in my career. And we got out of the car, and obviously car one, so we're right there in the action. And there's and there's Sveno slid off to the right with Brett Lancaster. Can there's three guys on the deck in pain on one side of the road, someone else on the left hand side of the road. And like we got out of the car, it's this mad rush. Obviously, car two had had to come up, and we sort of made sure everyone was semi all right. Uh, no one was, no one was. Well, I think Brett broke his arm. Brett broke his arm. Spain was skinned, and Cam was had a fair bit of skin off. And I can't remember who the other one was, but we had to go because you know we're, we're yeah. 5k before the bottom of the climb. We called up the car two, Vittorio. He came up. We knew obviously the ambulance people were there, and they were going to look after you guys. So we let left that chaotic scene. Then we work out. We turn. We get back. The television's on. We look. We hit the bottom of the climb. And, oh gee, we've got. There's only seven guys in the front. And we've got three. <laughs> and it was Michael Matthews, Durbo, and Santa Marita. Anyway, up this climb, and obviously when there's only seven or eight guys in the front group, uh, compared to you know, there might have been thirty or forty at the time, it was a real, it was it was different. And so a few GC guys had missed the split, and so BMC continued to. I, I can't remember who it was. I think off the top of it, it might have been Daniel Oss was in in the front there with yeah. with Cadell, and he was driving it. And this climb, it wasn't steep. Uh, yeah, it might have had some pinches at seven or eight, but a lot of it was four, five percent, and 
And so this regular pace went on, and these seven guys basically went up together. Maybe one or two got dropped near the top, and we had three. And Durbo got dropped because Durbo was doing some efforts with riding with Daniel Oss. And then we got to the uh, we got to the top, and you know, Julian Dean was doing a VART course, and he gave me the heads up that uh, it was the, the finish line was on a corner, and definitely if you could stay to the left hand side because the, mm. the it was a left hand swinging corner. We gave that information to Bling. And yeah, then uh, Bling proceeded to go win again, and that was our second stage win of the of the race. But we hadn't done a we hadn't done a meter of work that day. But we'd done <laughs> we're about fifteen hundred kilometers before, and it was it was such a nice feeling. Oh, it was one hand it was such a nice feeling because yeah, there's not too many times that someone wins in the pink jersey, and so he'd, he'd just beaten Cadell in the pink jersey uh, to win our second stage. But then my immediate thoughts were, how the hell are the other guys? You know what? <laughs> What what are we going to do now? And my last, the, the last images of those guys was Brett Lancaster was holding his hand. Someone else was skinned on the left hand side of the road. Sveno wasn't talking nor, and I could see he had skin off everywhere on one side. And I was like, oh, yeah. Then it, yeah, it's calling Victoria. Where, which hospital are they at? <laughs> uh, at, at the same time, we, we, we're juggling the podium, anti doping. We've got you know five guys, five guys that are still cooked because we've we've ridden we've ridden them so hard the eight days before. Three guys were in hospital, and there was just so much going on. Uh, it was crazy. You have been listening to Life in the Peloton. The producer of this episode was Will Jones. The music in this episode was composed by Pete Shelley. Thanks, mate.